Introducing the Intuitive Hour, Awaken Your Inner Voice, with psychic medium, author, and intuitive life coach, Michelle Beltran. The Intuitive Hour will empower you to learn how to magnify the powers of your intuitive voice. Listen in and expand your understanding of what it means to be psychic and how to awaken, amplify, and trust your inner voice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Michelle Beltran, and this is the Intuitive Hour. Awaken your inner voice. Thank you all for being here today. All right, today's episode is all about the theory behind remote viewing. This is a very interesting topic. I think that you will all enjoy and by request. All right, so let's begin. The first model that I want to talk about today is called the theoretical model. In this theory, we grasp the understanding of the matrix. We learn what the matrix is, how it is accessed, and how it plays a role in remote viewing. We also learn that the matrix is actually a universal repository of information about any possible target you might remote view in the universe. This is accessed by the viewer's consciousness during the remote viewing process. All right, before we move forward in this theory, I want to talk just a little bit more about the matrix. We can also call it Akashic Records. Some of you may be familiar with this term. Psychics and intuitives and healers and energy workers are fairly familiar with the Akashic Records. And for the most part, these individuals would support the idea that there is a place where every human word and deed throughout all time has been recorded. Those records a collection of every human event, thought, word, emotion, and intent that has occurred in the past, present, or future are called the Akashic Records. This suppository of information of human consciousness is encoded in a non-physical existence known as the etheric plane. This library of all existence holds your records of your soul's journey from the first time you appeared with the Source until you eventually returned home. No matter whether you are a new soul or an ancient one, the Akashic energy is the holographic repository of sorts of all your thoughts and feelings and actions and deeds from each lifetime you have ever lived. Just knowing who you were in the past, who you are today, and who you are meant to be in the future influences the life you lead now. It influences your relationships, your belief systems, and the future realities you draw toward yourself. Everyone can access the information from the Akashic Records at any time and from anywhere. The flashes of intuition and knowing hunches we encounter every day are glimpses into the wisdom contained in the Akashic Records. 
every being in the universe contributes to and accesses the Akashic Records. Because we are all created by and connected to its energy, our divine birthright includes having access to the wisdom and knowledge contained in the Akashic Records. It's possible to learn about your relationships, your health, your soul path, and every other conceivable topic here. The answers you receive during an Akashic reading offers help and hope as well as empower, empowerment by knowing the truth of your situation and the possibilities unfolding in your life. And so you might be asking, how do, you, how do I gain access to this information? It's rather simple. You ask. You relax and have an open mind. You take on the stance that it's possible. It's all about surrounding yourself with the most loving and healing energy you can muster. It's so essential to feel completely safe in a zone of benign emotions and achieve a meditative state. So do keep this in mind, and if you feel rushed or unsure about working in this space of Akashic Records, it may be difficult to retrieve the information you're desiring, but take your time, set it aside, come back to it later if you need to. As you're in this space of working with the Akashic Records, or the Matrix as we're calling it here in remote viewing today, concentrate on what you need. All right, so now then, returning to the theoretical model of remote viewing. In this model, we also learn how an immediate cause or impulse, which we refer to as the signal, travels and creates a train of signals known as the signal line. And this emerges from that matrix, the Akashic Records, repository of sorts. And then... That information is decoded to receive usable data regarding the target that you are remote viewing. All right, the second theory of remote viewing is known as levels of consciousness. In the levels of consciousness process or theory, we look at remote viewing from a more psychological viewpoint and consider the aspects of the process that relate more closely to the psychology realm. In this theory, we learn and discuss the subconscious and conscious mind. The conscious mind, better termed conscious awareness, is when we perceive with a degree of controlled thought, especially using the senses. All right, so I want to be sure to give some mention to the subliminal aspect of our mind. It does indeed pertain in this levels of consciousness remote viewing theory. Our subliminal mind is located just outside conscious awareness, and it influences our thought and emotional behavior both intrinsically and extrinsically. 
I mention it because it's very good to be mindful of possible subliminal influence during a remote viewing session. Okay, finally, in this theory, we also learn about the ideogram. In the remote viewing world, this is known as a reflexive mark made by the viewer's hand as he or she moves a pen across paper. You'll be doing lots of writing, and all of your remote viewing sessions do are put on a transcript on paper. The ideogram is an essential aspect of remote viewing, as described by this theory. The ideogram is important because it is a response of the signal line on the viewer's nervous system. This is linked directly to the central nervous system. You might do some reading where, you, where it is defined to link to the autonomic nervous system. That is false. This ideogram response is connected to the central nervous system. All right, our final theory of remote viewing. It's called the learning theory. In the remote viewing learning theory, we delve into the process of information assimilation, neuron process, and even important and real issues relating to overtraining and first-time effect. Under this theory, when learning remote viewing, viewers are incorporating and absorbing new elements into a system we can think of this as digestion. A viewer begins to learn concepts and then embeds them. It turns out that this is quite critical to the remote viewing process and important to have an understanding of. Also, while it may seem otherwise, overtraining in remote viewing appears to be a real concern much like it might to an athlete or anyone extremely dedicated to what it is they do with great enthusiasm. When overtraining begins to creep in, and it usually does just that, it must be recognized and some kind of break must be worked in. Also, in this theory of remote viewing development, we learn about the very important concept of mental noise, the various types of mental noise, and the importance of using techniques to keep this noise out and remain more so right-brain connected. Neuron cell assembly, neuron and synapse, are discussed in this theory and explain the remote viewing process from a cellular perspective. We learn here that the neural cell assembly, when stimulated, provides a stored composite concept and assists us in the decoding and understanding of the processes on the cellular level of information received by the viewer. Quite often we notice in the remote viewing arena as students begin that there is a typical learning curve for most remote viewers, meaning they have success in the beginning. That does, however, tend to drop off, but then it rises again. Many do have these 
good results toward the beginning, and we call that the first time effect. In this theory, that first time effect topic is discussed in detail. Today we're just briefly perusing each theory, but suffice it to say we learn in this final theory that quitting while you are ahead is a really, really good practice. And I would encourage you to actually take that concept to various other aspects of your life. Remote viewing is a skill that can be learned by anyone. A person's success, like anything, is determined in large part by their practice. While practice is key, I strongly believe it's much about your intention and your expectation as you embark upon your individual and unique remote viewing journey. All right, everyone, in sum, we have discussed very brief perspective of the three models of remote viewing, the theoretical model, levels of consciousness model, and the learning theory. All right, if you're interested in developing your remote viewing, please do visit michellebeltran.com under the training and courses section where you can learn more. All right, everyone, have a great week. Look forward to seeing you here next Monday. Thanks for listening to the Intuitive Hour. If you're inspired to take your intuitive development to the next step, be sure to enroll in Michelle's newly released Kickstart Your Intuition e-course at michellebeltran.com.